Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now, here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, everyone, welcome into the show. Glad to have you along for another NASCAR episode. We'll be talking about the excitement at Bristol Dirt. Turned out to be maybe more of an exciting race than some of us anticipated. Be looking forward to Talladega and uh, talking about whatever comes down the pipe with these two races. Uh, yeah, so lots to talk about, especially with, with the Bristol race. So, as always, here with me is Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm ecstatic this ecstatic. week. You're, yes. you're on a new level this week, huh? Yes, I am. My guy is in the chase. Oh. <laughs> Won a race after a long drought. <laughs> It's about Lucked time. into a win, more like it. Yeah. Hey. Well. Hey, whatever. Whatever. We'll talk about all of it uh, coming up. If you guys missed it, which I don't know how you did, it was, it was pretty. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty fun. Uh, Amos, you you heard him there giving Chris some crap. How you doing, Chris? Uh, Amos? Not as happy as Chris, huh? Oh well, by no, I'm not as happy as Chris, but I'm still happy to be here. <laughs> okay, well that's good. Um, we got lots to talk about with the Bristol Dirt Race. We're going to get to some fun picks we made and a surprisingly accurate pick that one of us here at the table ended up making. Uh, so <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, all right. How did we feel overall about the Bristol Race? We'll get into it a little more. Amos, I know you have a persisting problem. Chris, I think this lived up to your expectations. Um, so let's let's talk about your initial thoughts, Chris. What did you what did you get from Bristol this weekend? Well, this year's Bristol was considerably better in my mind. Both the uh, truck race and cup race were very engaging. Uh, not just because of the way it finished, because obviously my guy won the race, but um, I thought it was some pretty good racing myself. It was uh, made up for the disappointment from last year. Was that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah, well, that's absolutely. good. That's good. Uh, we got to race the full race, which was nice. And yeah, the truck race was actually pretty fun, pretty entertaining towards the end too. Uh, got interesting. So, uh, Amos, your big takeaway or what you're walking away with from Bristol? Um, so I did not watch last year's race, so I don't have a lot to compare to. Um, I thought it was a pretty good race. I. Still trying to figure out why NASCAR's on dirt, but I think it's getting the desired Let result. Let me explain it to you. <laughs> oh, do tell. I think it's because, getting... Because back in the... Se- up until like the late 70s, and I mean late, late 70s, NASCAR yeah. raced on dirt. Yeah, but now we have asphalt everywhere and pavement, yeah, so, but, you, know. you know. We're going back <laughs> to our roots here. Oh, know? okay, okay. Uh, anyways, Amos, continue. So, like I said, I still am trying to figure out why NASCAR's on dirt, but that's okay. <laughs> I think NASCAR's getting their desired result from, for Bristol Dirt. I I still maintain it's a little hard to keep on with my theory or my observation of once you're in the lead, you're in the lead. It's kind of hard. You can catch the leader. You can dog the leader. You can bump the leader, but it's hard to pass the leader. So there's still plenty of passing in the pack. Guys were able to work their way up through the pack and, and get into that top five. But And I know it's harder when you hit the top five because you're better cars. But So, yeah, we can dive into that a little more. But, yeah, I think it was still a pretty good race. I I mean, the truck race was entertaining to watch at the end, and then obviously the cup race had a little twist. So, All right, so let's talk about some of the qualifying stuff here. Uh, Chris, you watched the qualifying. Your impressions of how that went. Uh, did you enjoy the qualifying format that they threw out there? Did it seem true to the dirt track? Yeah, it, it followed dirt track qualifying format to a T. You know, I mean, it... It's the way they do it, and so they're heat races, you know, and I know that there's been a large group of people that have been clamoring for heat races in NASCAR for many, many years, and so now we're getting it on Bristol, so, yeah. Would would this be, would the heat racing format for qualifying be something you'd like to see at other tracks, or is it just a unique thing to this type of event? I don't think it's workable on larger tracks, personally. 
I think it would take way too much time to run heat races on the larger tracks. Now, they could run it at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. They could run them heat races at Bristol Pavement in the fall. I'm trying to think what other track would be conducive to that. Hmm. Richmond. Uh, eh. Yeah, maybe Richmond. It might be a little long. But, um, yeah, I mean... I think the I think the heat races are very engaging myself. I think it, you know, it gives people kind of an idea how the overall race is going to go. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if it did. <laughs> uh, honestly, though, right? Because well, our, our pole sitter ended up. Well, he pretty much ended up towards the back in the race, so that that didn't help. Yeah. If you were trying to get a gauge of ooh who's who's on the pole, who uh, where is he going to finish? Um, right away, Cole Custer like went to the back, and then he ends up 13. So I guess he didn't finish that far back. But well, he has some heating issues though <laughs> he with did. the mud kicking onto the front of his grill. So yeah. that's why he ended up yeah. dropping back, right? Yes, um, and it was it was entertaining uh, qualifying. From what I watched, I turned on a little later than than Chris. Well, since we had four heats, we had four heat winners: uh, Reddick, Bell. Justin Haley and uh, Ty Dillon. So, you know, it adds something new um, or different, I guess. All right, let's talk about the race. Um, we get started off, and it was wet. It had been raining a little bit, and uh, it wasn't bad enough to really stop anything until later in the race. Uh, so it led to a lot of mud being built up on the grills to start off the race. Chris, was this something you were concerned would slow down the race or maybe – make them push it back to the well, next day when it's more dry? It, uh, maybe not. I mean, in dirt racing, there's a really fine line between damp and too wet. Yeah. And the track got to the too wet stage pretty quick. Uh, but you want the tracks to be damp just because it cuts down on the dust that the crowd's having to endure and the drivers for that yeah. matter. So it's it's really a fine line when you're grooming the track and that as to how wet you want it to be, but it but it was too wet. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it had hurt them at all to run the Packer cars around for another twenty five thirty laps, and then maybe add two or three pre start laps with the uh, Cup cars, you know, to help dry it out. Mm. All right, that would make sense. Uh, so in stage one, Kyle Larson. Finds his way to the stage win. Uh, Christopher Bell in third. Ty Dillon was in second. Austin Dillon was in fourth. It, it was kind of an interesting assortment of cars. We have this wide range of drivers that have dirt experience, that don't have dirt experience. Uh, but Amos, were you surprised to see Larson out front in the first stage? And, and were you just feeling so confident about your pick uh, from the very beginning? So obviously, no, I was not surprised for multiple reasons. He has dirt experience. He's the current cup champion with 10 wins from last year, a win this year. So, no, I, I mean, he races well at Bristol. He had a win in the chase last year, although it was asphalt. Not at all surprised. I, yeah, and I was very happy. I'm like, finally, I had an opportunity <laughs> to get a point on these guys. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, that went away pretty quick. So All right, so the stage ends. We restart. Uh, it ended under caution. Uh, how did we, or do we have an opinion on the... Total stop on the pit stops. Anyone anyone have any opinion on that, or is it just what it is? Amos, you're thinking hard about it over there. So I guess I didn't mind it. I mean, you want to put a little pressure on pit road, get them guys to move, be part of the – to get moving, be part of the race, and help their driver out. But I think with Bristol being such a unique track as far as the dirt – it makes obvious sense to have a complete stop, give them some time to get good adjustments, clean off the grill. So I, di- I didn't mind it for this race. I don't know that that would be something I'd want to see on every race. Mm-hmm. I guess you could do it at the end of the stages. I don't know if that's necessarily a big deal, but I didn't mind it. I think it's I think it's a nice little twist to the race. I mean, we're on dirt anyway, so yeah. why not mix up the pit stops a little bit? So we get going through stage two. Uh, a few cautions, a few more, unfortunately, than I think what we were hoping to see. I mean, there was a lot of cautions as the race continued. Obviously, we had the problems with the weather, um, but 
once stage two got over, we saw Chase Briscoe win the stage. Uh, it was it was getting interesting, honestly, as the race continued because of where everyone was kind of lining up. Um, you know, you had Bell up there, but you also had someone like Suarez in third. Chase Elliott was kind of just steadily working his way up. Larson had fallen. McDowell <laughs> found his way into the top ten in that second stage. Um, we talked about this being quite the wild card, Chris, for whoever's going to win. Uh, we do know who won, so kind of takes some away away some of that wild card factor. But did it have that feel of a wild card type of race, or were the bigger teams still too dominant for you? Well, no, they weren't. I mean, there were some lower tier teams mm-hmm. that were still running near the front of the uh, pack, you know, front of the race at the end of stage two. And I thought, really, I thought at the end of stage two, it was probably a, potentially a seven-car race, you know, yeah, as to who could win. quite a few guys, it. yeah. Yeah. Um, and not all of them were top-tier guys, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought it was pretty wide open from that standpoint. You know, when they started stage two, I thought, any one of seven guys could have probably pulled off the win. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was kind of wondering, like, are we going to get some off-the-wall winner with the way things were going with the well, track being did. so strange? Well, <laughs> the way it happened, yeah, it definitely was. Uh, so we get going through stage three. Uh, this is when we, we get some of the rain delay problems. Did we enjoy the uh, Packer cars? Did we... Do we enjoy? I mean, I I'm pretty sure they're Crown Vicks. Maybe someone can correct me. No, on that. they were. They yeah, were Crown Vicks. Uh, totally right. And, and I'm uh, not 100 percent sure they weren't Cletus McFarland's Crown Vicks. <laughs> so they were going around um, once the track dried off a little bit. So the rain would like pick up a little and make it too muddy. And we saw Chris Bell slide off the track, and you know we just saw some problems. Well, that was that was really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Is the way he slid off the track because he's up there on the banking making his way around, and it's just like. Uh-oh, here oh, I and, go. And Suarez was, was pretty funny, too. He uh, he was like, oh, here he goes, here he goes. Watch this guy. Watch number 20. And he just starts sliding down. And then he's like, oh, freaking guy. And I'm like, man, I love Suarez. I just want I want to get the scanner package on NASCAR's app and just listen to him because he's probably hilarious. Um, but, no, I mean, you had, you had NASCAR working pretty hard. We thought they might call the race on the second delay. Um, they didn't. So we got going each time, uh, but both times that I'm, they I'm drawing a blank. Who was sitting on the in the lead at that time? So, so is Briscoe on the first one correct? And everyone was so confused. So the first one was longer than the second delay, um, and everyone was so confused when they were interviewing him because everyone's like, "Oh, I'm in first. No, I'm in first. I'm, a, I'm here. I'm there." And <laughs> it's like, "No, you're not." I like, didn't realize there was that scoring problem, but I do yeah. remember you. I do remember there being three or four guys claiming first place. <laughs> like, Logano said he was in second because of him and Kyle Busch. They didn't pit, right? So they stayed out. But he was in seventh because we hadn't restarted the scoring. And I think Mike Joy did a good job of explaining that for anyone that got confused with that. It it, it made sense after he was talking about it. Um, but, no, I mean, Briscoe was in line for the first one. And then for the second one... It was Reddick. I think it was Reddick. Yeah, it was yeah, Reddick. Yeah, it was Reddick. Right. So both times, though, we got going back again. Uh, the second one, thankfully, I think was less long, and, and that helped uh, us get started going again. And I, I think it would have cheapened it a little bit for anyone that would have won the race if it was, if it was rain delayed. Um, so you had the Packer cars. You had the little grader thing that was grading away the track and getting it all smooth again. Uh, pretty cool to see him work out there. Um but Chris, or Amos, were you were you worried about the rain being called, uh, the race being called for rain? I mean, we're halfway. We were more than halfway on the second one. So were you like, ah, oh, we're gonna get a rain shortened race, and we're not gonna get to see all the excitement that this race really offers? So with the first delay at the end of stage two, I was a little concerned that they would call the race for the rain. Once they resumed the race, figured out the scoring and had everybody line up correctly to some people's dismay or <laughs> jubilation, I'm sure. Confusion. Um, the second delay, so once they hit the second delay with Reddick leading, that I really and thought I think that there was, was only one. like 25 laps led. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. It was on lap 222. Yeah, I was pretty sure they were going to call it at that point. I yeah. didn't think there were, and, and I don't think they would have delayed the race 
to run on Monday. I no. think it had gone far enough that they would have just called it, give Reddick the win. I that's when I was like, oh god, I I feel bad for him because he didn't end up winning the race, <laughs> but I didn't want it to end under rain. But I, at that point, I was like, with the end of stage two, I'm like, no, they they won't call the race if it yeah. keeps raining. They'll they'll red flag it. They'll run it the rest of it on Monday. When we got to the second delay, they were, I was like, ah, they're going to call it. There's no way. We've already had no. this long delay. Fans are leaving. I'm losing interest. You well, know? it was getting later, yeah, for sure. So, so I th- well, it what, started later, too. Right. I think the race ended like 11, 11, 30 yeah, Eastern was, time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so I was a little concerned at that point. Um, I was happy to see they finished under green, though. All right, so we get going back with about 25, uh, 20 laps to go. Reddick gets out front and definitely looked strong. He was taking care of the car, uh, was putting himself in a good position to win. You had Briscoe and you had Kyle Busch behind him. And that's kind of where the story really develops, right? Because you have the 18 and the 14 battling for second. Briscoe ends up getting past him. And Chris, as he kept trying to chase him down with you know, his 15 or so laps, uh, essentially when he caught up to Reddick and and kept trying to chase him down. Did you think that he was going to get him? Did you think he wouldn't have enough? What was your thoughts on on the chase by Briscoe trying to get that win? I was kind of rooting for Briscoe to get him uh, because I like Stuart Haas racing and you know mm-hmm. that whole bit. I I wanted to see the race finish under green. In other words, I wanted to see him run it out. Which not have did. one of these. Well, they kind of did. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to see one of these made up, you know, type finishes. Yeah, I was worried about that too. Yeah, so they were running it out, and I mean, it came down to like three laps left, and Briscoe basically, you know, it was because you texted me, you said, "What's that?" And I, I just said, you know, checkers or records, that's dirt racing. I mean, it and it it, it truly is. Mm-hmm. Guy in second's going to throw it all away to try to finish first, and. A lot of times they throw it all away and take out the first place car, which they did in this day case. And a lot of times they throw it all away and end up finishing twenty second, which he did in this case. Right. So, so, so if you're confused about what Chris is saying there, um, maybe you missed the race. I don't know. Maybe I don't know how you didn't see it. Like if you're listening to this show, you're probably pretty dedicated. Um, in the last on the last lap, essentially in the last turn, once Briscoe had caught him, couldn't get him. Caught him again, couldn't get him. Uh, he kept making little mistakes, right? And then on the last turn, he goes in too deep down low. I think he lost control. I don't think he meant to hit him intentionally. I think he lost control a little bit. He got loose, turned up the track kind of with his back towards Reddick, right? Hit him, took them both out. <laughs> Reddick got back on the track and going, and I thought, oh, okay, still going to win. He Because he made a good maneuver to actually get spun around at a good time, and then keep going. Uh, but then here comes Kyle Busch out of just nowhere, absolutely nowhere, wins the race, uh, his first of the year. Yeah, like Chris said earlier, a long drought snapped. Amos, what did you make of the final move, how it kind of transpired for Reddick? I know you're an RCR homer this year. Uh, so it was probably bitter to watch for you personally. Um, but what did you think about the move, dirty, not dirty? What, what do you think? No, I think it's... I think it was a racing deal. I don't think Briscoe, he could have probably taken Reddick out initially, spun Reddick, fin- went on to win the race. I think, like you said, Ty, just come out of three and four, drove it in way too deep, lost his rear end, hit Reddick, unfortunately spun them both out. Reddick was still able to finish second. Briscoe went on back through. I don't think it was a dirty thing. I kind of feel like maybe. It was a young driver mm-hmm. incident more than anything. Like, I feel like a more experienced driver would have been like, okay, I caught him. I come back up through the pack. I couldn't pass Reddick. I give everything I had. I'm going to put the pressure on him in case he screws up, but I'm going to take second. I'm going to get the points. I'm already in the chase. You know, let's build points. Let's, let's finish well on the stage. So I was uh, not necessarily disappointed in Briscoe's choice to try and wrecker or checker everybody, <laughs> but I think 
he thought he had a better car than what he might have had, what he really ended up having. Or he maybe thought he could make that move when he just really couldn't. Yeah, because right? like everybody like, was making that move through the entire race. You know what I mean? Like that, and I get it. He's going for the win, and wins are hard to come by. Obviously, ask Tyler Reddick, who's been so close <laughs> so many times and ended up with poor yeah, luck. Yeah. So, I, you know, whatever. I, I personally would have preferred to see Reddick win the race. He had the the most dominant car in the end of the race, I feel like. Mm-hmm. He just was not able to close the deal. He just couldn't get away from them, from Briscoe and Kyle Busch while they were having their battle for second place. That's when he should have put some distance. You know, that's when, when he really lost the race, quote-unquote, because he wasn't able to put a bigger gap on them guys to give him that cushion for the last 10 laps. So, But, you know, I thought it was fun. It was fun to watch. By no, yeah. you know, by all means, it was fun to watch. I just, I just feel bad for Reddick is all. As long as you don't have too much invested in RCR, it's pretty fun to watch. Um, <laughs> well, I like RCR, and yeah, they're doing well as the second tier team. But I don't know. It, it's over and above who he races for. It would have just been nice to see Reddick. You know, the guy. So Finally I mean, win. literally, yeah. he's what five hundred feet from the track. The finish line, so probably, yeah, yeah, probably his best chance for a win ever. Uh, a little reminiscent of uh, Joey Logano, Chase Elliott a few years ago hitting each other for no reason after. Yeah, like, but one of them was going to win the race. Racing, like so. idiots. I don't think yeah. Briscoe and Reddick were racing like Chase and sure. Logano were just had their heads stuffed. Uh, Chris, what did you make of Reddick's comments after? Very calm, very cool. Wasn't mad like at all. He was actually more mad at himself. Briscoe come over, apologized. It was it was a perfect moment for a total fight, and we didn't get it. Uh, what did you make of the post race? I, I thought both of those guys showed an immense amount of class hmm. because Reddick would have been completely, I guess, within his rights to just haul off and you know. I would have. I don't gobs, know how he didn't gobsmacked <laughs> Briscoe was, when he walked up. As soon as he spun him out, I was like, I would find him right now and just freaking. <laughs> But then on the I other hand, was, I mean, Briscoe to me showed a lot of courage and a lot of guts and, you know, a, a, a stand-up guy to walk up there and say, dude, I screwed up. I'm sorry, you know. Yeah, and that was kind of surprising, actually, that he he did. I mean, lots of guys you don't see will do that. Uh, do you think, I mean, how many other drivers in the sport do you think would have been in Reddick's position and handled it a much different way. Like I don't know if there's many guys at I, all that I honestly I can't like think of a single veteran, shall we say, mm-hmm. that would have handled it as like Reddick did. Like so if it was Martin Truex Jr. spinning out like Kevin Harvick, like I, I don't think it goes the same way. I, I think that's No, it wouldn't have. If it's Logano spinning out, you know, uh, Elliot or like Bush getting spun out by someone. I think I think the altercation goes down different. Uh, Amos, did that surprise you at all? I mean, it surprised me. I really, I really. Once Briscoe come over, I was like, get him, Reddick. But uh, then this he did his interview. Yeah, I mean, he did his interview and he's like, oh well, I really messed up. And I was like, what do you mean you messed up, Reddick? Like, you were gonna win the race, and yeah, you didn't put enough distance between you and him. But that doesn't mean that the second place guy can just take you out. So. I feel like he could have been a little more upset that, with Briscoe than what he was. I, And I made this comment after the race. I'm just like, it's probably why Reddick's not going to win a race in the Cup Series <laughs> because he's just too damn nice. Too nice. And he, of all people, should know that it is extremely difficult to win one race, yep. period, let alone multiple races, and he's still looking for his first. So I'm sure he's upset, disappointed, I'm sure deep down inside he's mad at Briscoe and wants to just rip his head off. But oh, I don't know if he was though. I don't I, I don't just, think he was. I just feel like Reddick needed to show a little more fire at the end of the race to let everybody know he is serious about winning races. Like don't try and look for an excuse as to why you lost the race. Just flat out say, dude, I was leading. I had the best car. I understand Briscoe wants win. But why be a dumbass and wreck us both? Mm. Like, let's finish one too, bro. Come on. And I don't know. I, I, I just wish, I just would like to see do you think, uh, a little more intensity. Do you think more was said that we did not hear or, you know, maybe behind closed doors that we weren't able to hear or will ever know about? Yeah, I'm sure Reddick was voiced his displeasure to his team. 
for sure. But oh, I mean, between those two. Oh no, I'm sure it's done. It mm-hmm. looked like Briscoe walked off and. Reddick stayed with yeah. I don't think anything's more said. I don't think either one of them are the type that's going to look for a chance to retaliate, which there probably isn't a reason to retaliate. It's not like it was intentionally done, but no, I think it's still be. I think it's a done deal. But man, I just. I mean, if you look at what Bowman did to Hamlin last year at Martinsville playoff race. I mean, he he ran him with his car when he was trying to celebrate, right? Like. You just aren't going to get a lot of personalities like Reddick that's that's going to be content with what happened and and honestly more blame himself than anyone else. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was like Chris said, pretty classy on his part. And uh, at the end of the day, it's what NASCAR wants to see, right? Because we had that Xfinity fight the week before, and we all loved it. The fans all loved it. Oh, it was awesome. But NASCAR's like, oh, you can't do that. So. I, I can't say I would have reacted the same way, that's for sure. Uh, okay, we haven't talked about Kyle Busch, obviously, because, well, number one, I don't like Kyle Busch. But number two, uh, there was so much drama that didn't really involve him, and he kind of stole that win. Uh, I saw some people saying, you know, justification for him losing Vegas. Uh, I'd like to kind of say that I agree with that, but I also disagree with that because he still had a chance to win Vegas, and... He didn't put himself in the best position to do that. So, uh, Chris, do you feel like this has been coming for Bush all year and he gets a little lucky, but he'll take it? In the Cup Series, luck, skill, you know, wherever you're at, whatever, you know, races or wins are hard to come by. So, yeah, Kyle Bush is going to take it, go home, say I'm substantially, you know, I'm soundly in the race now the chase mm-hmm. and yeah you know move on from there uh do you think that it jump starts anything moving forward this season for him do you think well, he uh finds some more success yeah i think he's going to find more success because the reality of it is between him and, and kurt bush they've been the two most consistent and fastest toyotas you know in the series so far this year. Yeah, and Kurt Busch was looking good till he blew up. So Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're always looking good till you blow up. Oh, yeah. Well, My definitely. pick was looking really great till he blew up. You well, know. He, he was doing okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chris. But, but that's my point. I mean, yeah, I I can see it adding to the momentum for, for Kyle Busch. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he had a lot of momentum to add to in light of the fact that he's been running – you know, among the best cars out there so far this year. So, Chris, if, if you gave me a number on how many more wins you think Bush will get for a total, you know, what what are you ballparking him at? Um, it is hard to get wins. We only have one guy with multiple wins this far in. Uh, is he a multi-win, a multi-win race guy or well, race win? Sorry, multi-race win guy. Two more. Maybe two more? Two more, yeah. You'd feel pretty sound about that. All right. Yeah, I, f- I feel pretty confident that he's going to get a couple more wins this year. Now, they may come in the chase, you know, mm-hmm. but I feel pretty confident he's going to get a couple more wins this year. All right, Amos, should these some other drivers be worried about Bush getting his first win of the season? Uh, we know when he gets on a roll, he can continue to roll. He's one of the best in the sport. Uh, whether you like him, hate him, love him, whatever, um, he's good. So should some of the other drivers be concerned? Should they be like, oh, maybe this win's going to propel him to a place he hasn't been yet this season, and we need to really get our act together? I think it was a matter of time before Kyle Busch wins a race. He, Like Chris said, he's been running well. He's been in the top five. His uh, team seems to be giving him, giving him decent cars. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. He's going to run up a bunch of races have a you know multiple wins this season. I, I don't think there's going to be too many more races where people wreck ahead of him that he can ask the win. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I I mean I think I think Kyle Busch knows he's in the chase. I I think he's realistic as everybody else that we're not going to have 16 different winners to the point where then it'll return to points. But having said that, I think he's an experienced enough driver. He's going to be smart about it. Take the chance, take the finishes that are given to him with the car he has, and if he's in position to win, great. If not, you know we'll just finish with what we got. I'm not convinced that Toyota. Sure, Toyota has two race wins. Denny Hamlin led five laps. 
lucked into Richmond. <laughs> yeah. Kyle Busch wins at Bristol Dirt. He did have a good race. He was, uh, unlike Hamlin, Bush was running in the top. He had a good yeah, it was car, competitive. But I'm still not convinced outside of Richmond and outside of Bristol Dirt that Toyota is on par with, at this point, Chevy and Ford. So Kyle Busch wins another race before the end of May. Sure, let's have a conversation about should we be nervous, but let's see that Too win. Early. Let's see that win with Kyle Busch. Let's see that win with Toyota, and then we can go from there. Well, I just even just a small thing that rolls your way in sports can be a big deal, right? So a little momentum can go a long way, and it can push you over the top. Uh, Kyle Busch started eleventh, finished fifth, fifth in both the stages, and then won the race. Yeah, kind of lucky. You know, the two kids in front of him decided to, oh, here you go. Uh, it happens, but you'll take it when you can, I guess. Uh, let's talk about a few other guys, and then if you guys want to talk about anyone in particular from this race, uh, we will. But just a few guys I want to bring up. Um, the ever-mentioned, the constantly mentioned, I guess I should say, Danny Hamlin finishes 35th of 36 cars. Um didn't have a good day. Finds himself right now 23rd in the driver's standings. Not good. He's averaging a finish of 23rd place. I know he got the win. We can say it was lucky because it kind of was. Um, I just I don't don't feel good about Denny Hamlin. I think a lot of things are not breaking his way. Uh, it almost just strikes me as a he's not going to last long once he gets into the um, – into the playoffs like it's not on the same level but it's almost like the michael mcdowell situation last year or maybe like the eric amarillo situation from last year where for majority of the year they didn't they didn't do very good they struggled they had one good race or got some luck got in the chase and then just weren't competitive um chris is that a fair assessment of danny hamlin or is he going to turn around i mean we we keep saying no what's what's he going to do but he qualified 34th he finished 35th well, <laughs> I don't know what the reason behind it is, but Denny Hamlin is having just an absolutely abysmal year. Yeah, I mean this, it, it's it's bad by anyone's standards. And you know the race that he won, he was on a different pit strategy, you know, a different tire strategy, the whole bit. Probably had it calculated out, and he was going to win it because of that. But I don't think. I don't think anything that Hamlin has done to this point has got anything to do. <clears throat> I mean, it sure wouldn't hang your hat on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, I, would. <clears throat> I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I half jokingly say this, you know, for all the times that we've been doing these podcasts, but it seems to me like every year Denny Hamlin shows us new ways to lose. And I think he's kind of doing it again this year, you know? Uh, Martin Truex Jr. finishes 21st. Amos, when is he going to find some magic here? I mean, once we get in the summer stretch and we really get into those mile and a halfs where, you know, he's one of the best guys at, um, is it just an off year? I mean, I know there was talk about him retiring because of the new car and everything. Uh, maybe he should have just retired. Like, uh, what do you, what do you think with Martin Truex Jr.? He, he's, he's seeming to struggle to really find, find some love. Well, I think two things with Martin Truex Jr. One, Last season, he wasn't in love with the thoughts of the next-gen car. So he's he's almost willed himself to have bad luck, so to speak. And then he's obviously a victim of Toyota's struggles with the new car and the start to the new season. So I'm not going to necessarily count him out. I feel like he's a experienced enough driver and a good enough driver that he's going to get a grip on the car and – his team will figure it out. Toyota will figure it out. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing's gonna figure it out. I I think I think he gets a win. I think he gets in the chase. Uh, yeah, probably one of his more traditional, stronger tracks, mile and a half, maybe Darlington, you know, which is coming up soon. So, but I don't think he can go too far into the year, mm-hmm. not having won a race. Like, I think he's got to do it here pretty soon. Yeah, you get worried. I think it's got to be in the first third of the summer stretch. 
And because I think if it gets much past that, we see what happened to him last year. Granted, he was, you know, right there battling for the championship with Kyle Larson last year in Phoenix, but I I just feel like it's a little different situation for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I I'm not counting him out, but if it's not happening soon, then we may have to reexamine that too. So this is kind of what's interesting about Trucks. Um, he has one top five, but sitting seventh in the driver's standings. I mean, that's not bad. Considering the type of season I think of uh, Truex having so far up to this point, to be in seventh place, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So if he just catches a little fire, um, maybe gets a race win, maybe two, uh, he'll really get going in a good direction, I think. Um, Chris, last guy I want to ask you about here, Chase Elliott finishing eighth. And, um, you know, there's an interesting... (laughs) headline for the power rankings this year on NASCAR or no, sorry, this week on NASCAR.com that said Chase Elliott having career year, despite no wins, uh, one poll, one top five, nine races. He is number one in the driver's rankings, uh, consistently getting lots of top tens. Do you agree though, that he's having a career year despite no wins? Well, I wouldn't consider it a career year. He is sitting in first place, mm-hmm. despite not having any wins. I still think the strongest part of uh, Chase Elliott's season is yet to come. I, I think that, you know, when we get onto some of the road course tracks and stuff like that, I think he's going to start accumulating the wins. He's definitely not in panic mode by any stretch of the imagination. Well, he's got a three-point, and this is driver standings. Playoff standings a little different, um, but three-point lead on Blaney. 21-point lead on Logano, 29 on his teammate Byron, and then 51 on Bush and Bowman. So it's no means but like a Danny Hamlin type of huge gap, right, for the driver standings that he's he's developing. But he's got no wins. He's, he's up there um, competitive most races. He just can't seem to break through. Um, maybe he will. I think he will. I mean, I will be very surprised if he doesn't. Um, Amos, this is your guy. Do you want to weigh in on this at all? Well, sure, I'd love to. Um, <laughs> is that sarcastic or what? <laughs> no. So right now I'm not concerned. Okay, two things. I'm not concerned I, that he's going to miss the chase. I'm not concerned that he's not going to get a win. Mm-hmm. We're, I, we're not going to have 16 different race winners. So if nothing else, he will get in by points if he stays doing what he's doing. But he is running top five. He is, he is leading a few laps. His, he. I feel like he's still trying to figure the car out, but he's figuring the car out and then posting top tens. So I kind of, you know, before the show started, he has um, six top tens in nine races, mm-hmm. a few top fives. What? He has eight top fifteen finishes and one finish outside the top 15 at Auto Club where he had a strong car and was ended up having some bad luck, not necessarily of his own making. So he very well could have seven top 10 finishes, could have had a win at Auto Club. Um, I'm not looking at his winless season thus far the same as I am with Truex Jr. Yep. I, I there's Like Chris said, there's some good tracks coming up for Elliott. He hasn't won in a road course race for a few. I'm sure everybody's doubting his ability there. We still have some road course races. He'll be fine there. And we have some good stretcher races coming up for him. Talladega, not necessarily, but Darlington, he's run well. Dover runs well. So he 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 runs well at Charlotte. So he could have a win by the end of May. I feel like, along with Kyle Busch, he's one of them guys. He gets a better grip on the car. Gets a couple wins, leads more laps. He may run on a streak too. So, not concerned he will miss out on the chase by any means. So, he's doing, he's leading the points, like we said, with no wins, uh, not a lot of top fives, mostly top tens. And he's also only got two stage wins. Now, I think the most might be um, Ryan Blaney with three, and then one other guy, I think. 
Mark Truex. Yeah, Mark Truex Jr. has three. So the stage wins are kind of being distributed amongst the the masses. But if Elliott's only got two stage wins with the number of tracks we've been to, if he can find a way to be more consistent but at the higher end of the of the running order, not just inside the top ten, I mean, that, that points lead's going to build and it's going to be a nice gap. And uh, we know if you're the regular season points winner, you get in, right? So even if he doesn't win a race, he can still maybe partly count on some luck there. Um, Hamlin almost did that last year and it almost come back to bite him. So we'll see. Um, last thing for me, and then uh, we'll give your guys final thoughts. Another new winner. The March for 16 is still very much alive. And, uh, that I know that it's not a hot topic around here with you two. So we'll move on. Um, Amos, anything more you want to say about finishing order or a Bristol dirt race? All I have to say is it looks like Bristol will be returning, or NASCAR will be returning to Bristol 2023 for yet another dirt race in the spring. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're <laughs> figured. Amos, or Chris I mean, likes it. Huh? You yeah. know, the weather was better. I think NASCAR has a better grip on what they have to do as far as keeping the track to where it needs to be. Sure, the start of the race wasn't track may have not been prepared as well as it needed to be at the start of the race, especially according to Kevin Harvick. But <laughs> who is, I mean, is he racing? Is he expert. out there? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was he out there until race. Oh, oh, I didn't even know he was still in the he had cup a very Well, That's why he was crash. not, that's why he was not very happy. Uh, how they only jokes. Race, only jokes. So. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think it was a good uh, race weekend. I have, I don't have an opinion either way dirt or asphalt in the spring race okay um i'm gonna watch it if i'm around for sure so you know i'm a nascar homer i it was fun i so yeah i i think it was a good race weekend nascar's getting out of it what they want so bring it back yeah why not i don't see a problem with it your personal feeling though success or yeah like you personally Put aside the fandom, the I'll watch it no matter what, the professionalism that you offer us on the podcast. Um, from from your fan standpoint, do you want this race to continue? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I feel like NASCAR has one thing they need to address over the last several races. It's the fact you can catch the leader, you can't pass the leader. Mm-hmm. So let's see how that goes at Dover. I mean, obviously, Talladega's going to oh, be man, a Oh, man, we're going to have lots of passing at Talladega. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, from a fan standpoint, from a homer standpoint, uh, yeah, bring it back. I think it was good. The fans enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to see it again. The The dramatic ending probably added to the fun, too. Well, a dramatic ending like depending that always who. adds to the fun, regardless of what track you're at. It and was, depending on who you are. It was lackluster result from the dramatic ending that probably had NASCAR fans like, oh, come on, dude. He's right there. Just just sock him. So, but It was good. I think NASCAR's happy with what they're getting from Bristol Dirt. All right, Chris, what do you walk away with from Bristol Dirt? Uh, we'll get to our driver of the day and uh, review our picks, but what as we leave Bristol Dirt, what do you uh, take away from it? I think uh, Bristol track, the track itself, is still a work in progress. I think the guys are ha- they're getting better at maintaining the track, but they still need a little more experience with maintaining the track. I like the fact that Bristol was able to take this track and actually make it work for them from the standpoint of bringing in multiple series to race on the track. Yeah. Prior to the race, and I think even they've had some races after the fact. So, I like the fact that they're giving other you know, dirt ser- or other series, an, an opportunity to race at Bristol, Tennessee. Well, the more we get to know, or the more NASCAR gets to know the track and how it's working and everything uh, with the dirt, I think the better it'll get. And and I'm assuming it'll be something that continues to stay around uh, the Bristol dirt race. So, uh, Chris, we know you enjoyed it, so I, I don't really have to ask if you think it was successful or not because... It's a definite yes for me, right? Yes, it's a definite yes for me. All right, let's get to our driver of the day. Uh, maybe kind of tough to nail down one particular candidate. For me, it is, um, because so many things changed once the race finished, uh, in my mind, from this standpoint. So, you know, this is tough for me, but I am going to give it to Christopher Bell. Consistently top 10 guy all day, qualifies second, 
uh, looked really good throughout it. I thought he had a chance to possibly win the race, but didn't quite have the positioning late in the race. So I'm, I feel like there's so many guys you could pick, and I feel like picking one is, is maybe unfair, but I'm going to go with Chris Bell. Amos, who do you want to go with? Okay, so I'm I'm going to break from your how you want this done just a little bit. I'm throwing two guys out there, Michael McDowell, Ty Dillon, 9 and 10. Awesome. Great run. I mean, they, they both were running inside the top 10. Uh, well, around the top 10 pretty much all night. So kudos to both them guys. Uh, kind of fun to see some different faces up front. So good job, Michael McDowell and Ty Dillon. Can I get one, please? One, you want to take McDowell because he finished higher? Michael McDowell, Ty Dillon. Okay, we're going to take McDowell. Uh, Chris. <laughs> McDillon. <laughs> McDillon. Oh, maybe I'll write it down. Uh, Sounds good. McDillon. I like McDillon, yeah. Chris, who you want to go with for your driver of the day? I'm actually kind of leaning towards Tyler Reddick. Okay. I mean, I, I wanted to say Kyle Busch, but he really didn't do anything dramatic until he crossed the finish line first. Well, but he did have a good race. I mean, and he yes. Was, he was leading at certain points in the race. Mm-hmm. But I still think I'm going to give it to Tyler Reddick. All right, yeah. I mean, he led the most laps. He definitely deserved, at the end of the day, to win the race. A little misfortune. Um, and that's why I kind of feel like that's who you probably really should go with. So I think Chris has made the best pick of us. Uh, rookie of the Do day. I get a point for that? Yeah, with a point? <laughs> what do you get a point for? No. <laughs> for making the best pick of the day. <laughs> no. Uh, rookie of the day. Uh, so I'll throw this one out there. Justin Haley qualified the highest, finished the highest. One of his best weekends for sure, and I feel pretty confident in saying uh, Justin Haley for Rookie of the Day. Amos, objections? No objection, Your Honor. Chris, objections? Well, yeah, I'm going to have to go with that. Oh, myself, really? Oh, okay. I mean, um, I'm looking here for our perennial pick of the or rookie pick, and it's uh, Chastain, but I... 16th. You're going to go with Austin Sindrick. I'm going to go with Austin Sindrick. Oh, wow. Look at this. History being made live on on the show. The first time that one of us has not picked the same rookie of of the day. Well, that? so the reason I'm picking Austin Sindrick as the rookie of the day is because this dirt track thing is totally foreign to any type of racing that he's ever done in his entire lifetime. He's always been a road racer an oval racer, you know, that sort of thing. And he got on dirt. I think finishing 16th is pretty admirable. It's like when he picked Kyle Busch, or not Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch for driver the day after he blew up his car and then finished like 35th. (laughs) Um, Team of the day. This one's hard too. Um, Lots of different options because of how they finished. Uh, But when it comes down to it, I guess you kind of got to give the nod to JGR because they did have the two guys that finished the highest of the teammates. You could also go with Logano and Blaney and uh, Penske because they finished third and fifth. But race winner, Bell looked good. I picked him as my driver of the day. Um, So this one's difficult, but I guess I'm going to go with JGR. Amos. You're you're going with JGR as the team of the day? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You don't like that one? No, it's a fine pick. I mean, you're right. Look, just forget about Hamlin, okay? You're, you're, You're right, Kyle. Bush had was in the and Christopher Bell top ten, looks sporty all day. No, it's a good pick. Um, so my pick's gonna be RCR. I mean, Reddick raced well, led the most laps. Austin Dillon was looking pretty sporty until he had engine trouble. So um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride that pony till it can't run anymore, baby. Chris, your team of the day. My team of the day. I think I'm going to echo Amos's. All right, so two for RCR. Yeah. Have I given them not enough respect this week, huh? No. I mean, Dylan was running good until he blew up, so. Well. Kind of sucks. For that matter, Kevin Harvick was running good until he crashed out, so. Yeah, he's okay. Uh, I mean, all right, <laughs> let's get to our picks, and then we will move on to Talladega, uh, race I think we're all excited for. So we got winner, we got pole sitter, and we have the weather outlook, which one of us predicted very specifically. Um, all right. Oh, oh, we're doing that. <laughs> winner uh, furthest away was Chris with Austin Dillon, finished 31st. I had Chris Bell finish 7th, and Amos, you get the point. 
Kyle Larson finishing fourth. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I knew it. Big so time point. Well. Big yeah. time point. It's been a while. I want to come back. All right, pole Momentum, sitter. <laughs> pole sitter. I went with Eric Jones. He actually went in 14th, which I was like, hey, it's, it's actually better than I thought. So I'll take it. Uh, but that was the furthest away. Logano for Amos was in 10th. And Reddick, the perennial pick for Chris, or at least one of us, it seems to be like, um, got third. So he's, he's inching towards the pole slowly. So point for Chris. Uh, we predicted the weather outlook. What would we get? Furthest away was definitely Amos, who said it would be partly cloudy. That was kind of right, but it was mostly cloudy. And he said no rain, and it definitely rained. I yes, said the race. Did. Yes, uh, I said the race would get rained out, which it was close. I thought, oh, oh, I'm gonna get the point, but no. Um, and Chris got the closest. It was cloudy. Okay, so this is what he said: cloudy, 62 degrees, a low of 45, 20 percent chance of rain. When I looked when the race started, it was. Cloudy, 62, low of 46. There was a 70% chance of rain. So that's about as close as you can get to being spot on. Chris is the weatherman on the show for sure. So another point for Chris. How does that make you feel, Chris? Two points. Oh, it makes me feel fantastic. Do I get to do the weather forecast? Right now <laughs> uh, well, you might have to. need the very specific forecast. Uh, Chris, that means you're in first with 15 points. I'm in second with 11. And Amos, you're in last still with only six. Yeah, but I scored a point. Momentum. Yes. Uh, Chris is starting to distance himself from both of us. So we got we got to get some. We just got to take points off of him and kind of work them our way. <sighs> All right. Any last thoughts before we go to Talladega? No, I'm good. All right. Uh, Talladega, are we excited, Amos? I know you like this race. It's it's a perennial favorite of yours. Um, explain what you like, what you dislike, or if there's even anything to dislike. I No, I do like Talladega. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's very unpredictable track, kind of one of them where anybody can win. It's a little less – you have to have a – your car doesn't need to handle as well. You just got to have the right aero package. You can't just right place, right time. A little Obvious, luck. Yeah, a little luck little for luck. sure. Obviously, there are guys who are better restrictor plate racers than others, but that still doesn't disqualify you from the opportunity to win. And then, I mean, you know, obviously back in the day, my, my guy was Dale Jr. He dominated the track. His dad, Dale Sr., dominated the track. So... Obvious reasons why I like the track. But other than that, I mean, it's fun. It just seems like the track's fun atmosphere for the fans mm-hmm. and uh, usually does not fail on the excitement level. Yeah, but then we got last season's race, and somehow Kislowski found his way to the win, and we're all like, what happened? This is well, because my driver ended up on his hood, and I was just like, man, this gets getting terrible every day. Um. No, it's it's an exciting race. Uh, like Amos said, lots of uh, excitement for the fans, I think. Definitely, I think this is one of those races that you go out to have fun. Maybe not in the infield watching the race very much. Uh, for any of you guys out there with, with TikTok, um, when the Daytona race was going on, there was some people going around, you know, interviewing some people on the infield. And, and the one guy's like, oh, we're at a NASCAR race? Oh, I just heard there was beer, so I came. <laughs> 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 pretty awesome yeah uh <laughs> chris Taldega not your favorite place for unknown reasons still to this day uh tell us tell us your take on Taldega. well i mean it's okay if you like 200 mile an hour demolition derbies you know <laughs> of course i do but that sounds I'm, awesome. I'm just not into that i'm not into seeing you know quarter of a million dollar cars trashed and basically yeah but you're not paying for these quarter of a million dollar cars it doesn't matter plus it's it just, free to watch on fox i mean every time one of those cars gets wrecked i can feel it in my bones you know <laughs> in your bones in my bones man uh, so but, let's see chris did like teen drag racing with his teen car when he was in high school and you race motorcycles yeah so never quite racing multi-million dollar cars right yeah, but he feels it in his bones. I didn't have the ability to do it on OPM. OPM? Other people's money. <laughs> Why? Because you would wreck it? Huh? Is that well, what you're saying? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd wreck or not. I I probably would. All right. Um, let's hear your star rating for Talladega then. We know you dislike it, but give us a star rating. The Google five-star review of Chris Leininger for Talladega. 
I'll still give Google a four-star rating. Four, okay. So taking a little bit of your personal bias out of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Amos, want to give any more expectations from what we're going to see? Obviously, it'll be pack racing. Obviously, it'll be uh, tight racing. We'll probably see the manufacturers pitting together. Pit stops will not be as important, right? Because you can work your way through the field, but they're still mm, important for, no. for starting position. Pit uh, stops are pretty important. You think so? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. So strategy. I'm wrong on that pit, one. Pit strategy. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, the tires, tire calls. tires, no tires, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what else do you want to add here, if anything? Just You just got to miss the big wreck. I mean, you miss just got to be wreck. in the right place at the right time. I feel like when it comes to pitting, you need to not lose touch with the main pack. You got to yeah. stay on the lead lap. But for the most part, it's just you just have to be at the right place at the right time. I think you got everything else pretty much spot on. So, but uh, best thing to do is just sit down with a cold beer, just relax, mm-hmm. watch the race, hope for the best, but expect carnage. Expect the mayhem to ensue for sure. Uh, all right, we've seen some pretty pretty crazy racks at Talladega over the years. So, hopefully, safety is is a uh, you know a big deal for this track. So, hopefully. Everything turns out all right if there's any big wrecks because you know it's going to happen. I mean, we had Logano up on his hood last last year, and he was pretty mad about it. But that car was was pretty in a pretty good spot once he uh, got back on his top on his uh, wheels. So, all right, let's make our picks, shall we? Yeah, Amos, yeah, you need yeah, some yeah, momentum. <laughs> Chris, he's so it's a bad track to there. try and gain momentum. <laughs> That's true. Um, we're gonna go with winner, pole sitter. And does someone flip? No bad karma. Just, you know, put it out there. Does someone flip? Because I don't, I feel like it happens a lot. Uh, Amos, you get to lead us off. Being in last place, it is the only honor that the loser has. So give us give us the race winner for the Talladega. Race winner, race winner is going to be Ryan Blaney. Multiple Ryan Blaney. reasons. Uh-huh. He's due for a win. Ooh. He's a good plate, tra- a good plate racer. Penske does well at Talladega. And at Daytona, for that matter, they did well at Atlanta, which is our newest restrictor plate track. So, yeah, definitely Blaney. All right, um, and he's the odds-on favorite, as Chris was telling us before the 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 show started, right? Yeah, but he's only got a ten percent chance. But at least now I can have a clear mind that I'm not the guy that jinxed him <laughs> to lose. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're picking him, they're usually doing pretty good. It's, yeah. it's more Amos over there. You know, the point tally speaks for itself. Uh, so I'm going to go with quality over the win. Um, this is a strategy I think I took on a few tracks now. Um, Ryan Blaney probably would have been my pick as well. So I'm going to go with Stenhouse, a guy that always performs well on plate races. Uh, and I think he he won this race, right? I think that's one of his career wins. We'd he's, have to go look. He's won at Talladega. I'm not sure if it's spring or fall. Right, right. Yeah, not specifically like the the spring or fall race, but he's won on this track. He does well on super speedways. It's his thing. Uh, if he avoids the big one, I think he can finish high. So I'm going for high placer over over an actual winner because I have no idea who's going to win. Chris, you're up. Well. <laughs> oh, the, the confidence. One, this is the two races out of the year, this and Daytona. I just hate picking a winner because you – I mean, you know, you can't tell. But what the heck? I'm uh, going to pick Bubba Wallace. Okay. Now, um, reasoning? Similar to Stenhouse, probably? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have, I mean, Bubba seems to be able to race on these super speedways very well. And it does come down to what Amos said. You just got to be in the right place at the right time. And he won Talladega last fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sure, I'll go with him. All right, uh, and watch all three of our guys get wrecked on the first few laps. That'll, that'll just Then we'll really have to crack open the beer. <laughs> okay, who's going to sit on the pole? It's hard to pick. It's a little different than the actual race, right, qualifying, because it's the single car format. Uh, Amos, you got an idea for the pole sitter? Who's going to go fast? Uh, I'm going to go with... Daniel Suarez. Daniel Suarez. Okay, not who I expected. Trackhouse is riding some momentum right now. Not a bad pick, actually. (laughs) All right. The points leader likes it. Uh, So 
when we think of good qualifiers at big tracks, uh, Hendrick always comes to mind. So I'm going to pick a Hendrick car, the one that's doing good uh, at these tracks typically is, is Alex Bowman. So I guess I'll go with Alex Bowman. All right, Chris. Very well, quiet I'm over go there. along the same line of reasoning that you had, you know, about Hendricks always having a really well-prepared car for Daytona and Talladega. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to go with William Byron. All right, will it be? Will he be? No Reddick today, huh? No. Is that going to come back to get you? I think he probably stretched his luck about as far as it could stretch <laughs> last week. All right, <laughs> last Amos. Sunday. Uh, yes, no, someone flips. No. no bad karma, but no. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not throwing out bad karma either, but no, nobody flips. All right. Now, is that going to be the great design of the new car? Because it's designed not to flip, you know. And so was the last one, and then yeah. it flips. Uh, actually, well, it's so a- Gregson almost ended up on his hood. I don't know if anyone saw that in the dirt race, but when there was one of those accidents, somehow he got under one of the guys, and his passenger side tires were on another car so you know it can happen at talladega or it can happen at bristol dirt race <laughs> yeah or martinsville speedway <laughs> um so no i don't think it has i don't think it's the design because obviously the, nothing is a for sure thing as far as when you get into pack racing big wrecks anything can happen but i just don't feel like we're gonna see that magnitude of wreck where somebody has the opportunity to be on their hood. All right. Uh, we saw Burton on his hood in, Tal- in uh, Daytona, so we definitely know it's possible with the cars. Chris, yes or no? Um, I'm choosing no, so it's up to you. Will you, will you be the rebel and say yes for well, the I hate to <laughs> I hate to project any bad karma onto anybody, but, yeah, I'm going to say somebody flips. All right. So we got one yes. Uh, so if anyone flips, you know, you can say, ah, Man, Chris, thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, so Amos, you've gone with Ryan Blaney and Daniel Suarez for winner and pole setter. I've gone with Stenhouse, Alex Bowman. Chris, you've picked Bubba Wallace and William Byron. And uh, we'll see who or if anyone flips. Hopefully not. Uh, anything else to add, guys? Talladega, it's going to be fun. It's it's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like the beginning of spring when the race comes around for sure. You wouldn't know it around here because it's probably going to snow over the weekend again. But, hey, that's fine. Um, any last thoughts here for Talladega, Amish? No, I, no, not really. I mean, I'm pretty excited for Talladega. It's always one of my favorite races. So mm-hmm. uh, spring or fall, doesn't matter. In the fall race, it's October, so it's right around hunting season. Like you said, Ty, in the spring, it's ushering in spring a little bit in our area. So, no, I, I'm excited. should be a good race. I, I feel like NASCAR has a pretty good handle on the restrictor plate racing with the next gen car. I feel like there'll be more passing at this race than there was, was in, even though there were a lot of passing at Atlanta, it still was kind of, it wasn't quote unquote passing. So, (laughs) but, uh, it'll be a good traditional NASC, uh, Talladega race. All right. Yeah. I'm excited. It'll be good. I'm lost for words, but it'll be good. It's all right. Uh, Chris, you want to fill the gap with some words or, uh, you ready to, to just go to Talladega. So the weather forecast is 85 mm-hmm. for a high. Ooh. 62 for low, 5% chance of rain. Oh, no. So it's probably going to be pretty sticky. Oh, it's going to be nice. It's gonna Wear your shorts. Find your best, um, what do you call that, the big sun hat? Yeah. Or Indiana sombrero. Jones hat, you know, something like that. Find, find your nice hat. Find your big sombrero. Sombrero, yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Especially if you got one of the big, like, ones that comes out way far. Yeah. Don't take your poncho though. That that would be hot, right? Yeah, Counterintuitive. Um, <laughs> all right. Last thoughts on today's show to close it out, Amos. Uh, what do you want to leave us with? Anything? Momentum, baby. Momentum. That's all. That's it. Okay. That's all I need. It's little momentum. Oh, 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 okay. For you, for it's your I, points. Momentum. I was like, for who? Okay. Uh, Chris, any thoughts to leave us on? No, I just hope it's a nice, safe race and everybody comes out of it alive. <laughs> Jeez. Well, remember my history lessons about Talladega. I know. That's why we got rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, I got nothing to leave you with. I guess uh, the only two things that might be kind of interesting is Wendy's is going to be on Noga Gregson's car this week at Talladega. 
And Amos pointed out to us that Jockey, the underwear brand, signed a deal with uh, Track House. If you guys are interested in any of the sponsorships, that's kind of what's going on. Uh, you can catch the Talladega race, uh, all 188 laps of it on Big Fox. It'll start at uh, 3 Eastern, 3 p.m. Eastern. Qualifying is Saturday at 9 a.m. So no practice, just go qualify and get out there. And uh, obviously we'll have trucks and Xfinity, right, Chris? I assume. Mm, don't know. Don't know. Well, the expert has failed us on this it, one. I don't think the trucks are racing this weekend. That might make sense, though, because they just did race on that yeah. dirt race, huh? All right, well, uh, regardless, if any, if either of them are happening, I'll be watching. There's going to be that. two races for sure. I just don't know what it's going to be. All right, so once again, Big Fox 3 Eastern. Don't miss it. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll come back to break it all down next week, see how our picks did. See who will be frustrated on next week's show. It can't be Amos because there's going to be passing the leader on this track. So if there's not, we're going to have problems. There better be some passing. <laughs> but maybe maybe not. Maybe we you catch the leader, but you can't pass the leader. Mm. Maybe it's some old-style track racing <sighs> where it was double file, 40 cars back, and the leader rode in the middle and broke the draft for everybody and... Maybe we Oof. do some single-file racing up top, Dale Jr. style, and he leads 100 freaking laps. Who knows? I mean, hmm. you just never know with Talladega. That's I doubt it. the beauty it. of Talladega. I doubt it. I doubt it could it. be a clean race, no wrecks. It could be a wreck fest. We, the way these guys drive sometimes, we could be wadded up on lap four. <laughs> red, red flag the race, trying to pick up the carnage. Yeah. Michael Medow comes out with another win. <laughs> you know, who knows? All right. Well, there you go. There's your preview for next week. There's so many different results that can happen, and we'll talk about them on next week's show. Uh, and we'll look forward to the start of the uh, first part of the summer run, I guess you could say. We're going to be getting into some good tracks for that. Summer, yeah. Well, no. Summer run really doesn't start happening until after Memorial Day. All right, fair enough. Man, he is crunching your balls know, today, man. isn't he? He is. Well, I mean, you know. Very particular. I kind of like break the summer run into three stages, and start of May is the start of the summer run for me. But okay. Uh, look, see, this is what you guys got to look forward to next week. I mean, it's just so exciting. All right, we're going to get out of here. Dover, Darlington, Kansas on the horizon, and uh, the last race on Big Fox. Three Eastern, don't miss it. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good rest of your day. Peace out. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.